Today's reading is from Ephesians chapter 6, beginning to read at verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand therefore and fasten the belt of truth around your waist and put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, Take the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. Pray also for me, so that when I speak, a message may be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it boldly, as I must speak. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Janet. As I said at the first service, it's fascinating uh, because obviously at the moment we're not having the big Bible here uh, that people normally read from. And it's um, it's fascinating to see because people are using different versions um, and on the screen was the NIV version and uh, and people are using different ones and it's uh, the little subtle differences. But actually it makes sometimes reading very interesting because it just gives a slight different emphasis or a different focus on different words. Um, So we're going to be looking at that passage. Again, because we haven't got any pew Bibles, or any pews for that matter, uh, any any Bibles here, um, it's probably a good thing now to start to think about, lots of us have got mobile phones and things, but maybe you could have, I don't know whether you've already got a Bible on your phone, Uh, there's loads of free apps, loads of good apps out there with Bibles that you can use, and you might want to actually use that and follow where I'm up to as I draw reference to different verses uh, as I go through my talk. So we're looking today at Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 20, which is obviously the armor of God. It's one of, uh, one of my favorite passages, actually, uh, from a long time ago, uh, one that I've held on to many, many times. Um, armor. Just a little aside about armor. There was, there was a knight of the realm in oldie-worldy England, and, uh, and he was killed in battle and left for days on the battlefield as the war raged on all around him and around his body. Eventually, when the battle subsided, the knight was then buried, and as a sign of respect, this great knight, 
He was buried in his full, polished steel armor. And engraved on the tombstone were the words, Rust in peace. There you go. Sorry. Anyway, there you go. Have you ever felt that things are going against you in life? Have you ever felt that things perhaps just are building up one after the other after the other? I'm sure we all have, haven't we? We've all experienced times in life. It seems to be, doesn't it? It doesn't, it doesn't seem to be just one thing. It comes in two, threes, four. It just it seems to build up, doesn't it? And, uh, and it often finds when your patience is wearing thin, even more things begin to come on top of you. Just because we profess to be Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, or we might try to live a Christian life, it doesn't mean, as I say regularly from this platform, it doesn't mean that we're immune to hardship. Just because we're Christians doesn't mean that we're not going to experience pain, hurt, frustration, like anyone would. Of course we will. We're going to go through all those things in life, as everyone will. Sometimes just trying to live the Christian life itself is hard, isn't it? Just trying to be a Christian can be quite difficult. Because actually we live in a world that is very secular and a world that might want to push you the other way. And actually Christian beliefs and the Christian way of life don't fit in with some of the ways of this secular world. In this little passage that we've just had, Paul deals with it a little bit. And he encourages us to put on the armor of God. To protect ourselves as we journey through life. Obviously, we don't need to wear armor unless we're in battle. And this, when Paul wrote this, he was in chains. He was chained uh, in prison under house arrest to a Roman soldier. And that's where he was. And so as he was obviously trying to write this letter to the church in Ephesus, he was obviously thinking, how, what can I do? How can I support these young Christians who are growing in their faith? What am I going to do to give them something that's going to encourage them as they're going to face hardship as Christians? And he had, he had this Roman soldier he was chained to. And he obviously looked at this Roman soldier and he used him as his vision, as his source to help us with this passage. Now, the Roman soldier chained to Paul wouldn't have been in full battle dress, obviously, because the Romans only put on their full battle dress when they were going into battle, when they were going to war. That's when they put on all the rest of the regalia. But Paul says, as Christians, that we need to put on the armor of God always, which kind of says that we're in battle always. Because as Christians, we will find that we're under this kind of difficulty in life sometimes. As I said, the world will pull you one way. So we are engaged in battle. And Paul says, we're at war, so get ready for it. Get clothed for it. Put on your armor. This is raging on all around us. And it's not just against human beings. It's not against human beings. He says this strange verse, if you're looking at your Bible. In verse 12, he says this. It's quite strange. He says, but actually your battle is against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, he says. So what does that mean? Well, basically, it says that there are forces behind human institutions, and those forces in human life that have a power of their own. 
These institutions have a power of their own. So let me try to paint a picture of what I'm trying to say. Business, businesses, different businesses, government, rulers of, of various kinds. You can change the person in charge, you can change the people, but that organization might well stay the same and the way it operates might stay the same as if it had a mind of its own or a spirit of its own because it does. Or you might work within an organization and there's a feeling about the place where you work. Sometimes, you know, we've, hopefully you work in a, in a place where there's a good positive vibe and it's a good feeling. But sadly, there are places where actually it's a very negative feeling that you might work in. It's not a nice environment, it's not a nice place to be. Organizations can have their own spirit. Let's think about various nations and countries. I'm sure you're, you've all been to different countries where you, the minute you drive off the ferry or the plane, wherever it is, and it's very different, isn't it? There's a different feel, not just the weather, but it's a very different feel in the way that it's run. The signage is different, the language is different, the currency is different, everything feels different. Not just those things, it's actually in the way the people live. It's different, isn't it? Things are very different. And some would say that's because of the people who are there. But Paul is actually pointing to something deeper than this. And Paul is saying that it's the principalities and the powers that drive these institutions and these places. And the Bible goes on to say that principalities and powers, they were created by God for human beings. They were created to serve humanity. But like us, they're operated by people who are fallen, sinners, just like you and me. And therefore, those organizations gradually might fall into the wrong way of doing things that are not great. And that's how these things change and become the way they are. And actually, sometimes it can find that you're working against God or against good. I'm sure you can perhaps think of various uh, places uh, where that's the case, whether it is government or whether it's a business or an institution that has stopped being a force for good and has turned towards protecting itself and has finance and money at its heart and to the detriment of the people who work for it, you're just pawns. But actually, it's, it's the money that drives things. On a simple level, football, I love football, massive Liverpool fan, as you know. And um, I think I've been really good about this, you know, Liverpool won the, won the league and I've hardly said, I've not gloated at all. I think I've been really good. But anyway, there you go. Um, but on a, on a simple level, football, football, what was created, the football leagues were created back in the 1800s as the country was coming out of economic depression. The football leagues were created to actually support the working man who was turning to drink and depression because there was no work. And football, lots of churches started football, football clubs, and they did it to help these young men who were not in a great place. So what started as a force for good, look at the football leagues now, run by billionaires, greed, lies, corruption even in some cases. And Paul is challenging us as Christians to be on our guard against these things, to stand firm against these things, and to be a voice to speak out against these things. But also in verse 13, Paul refers to this spiritual warfare. And as Christians, we are to face this battle, this struggle, he says, using the armory that we have at our disposal. And what is this struggle in life against the powers of evil? What does he mean? It's those things that make it hard to practice Christianity. Maybe it's forgiving others. 
Maybe it's praying. Maybe it's reading our Bible. Those little temptations that might just egg us on to do something that we shouldn't do or to say something that we shouldn't say or to look at something that we shouldn't be looking at. It's those kind of things. These things that will actually build and build and build and the more we do them, the actually worse we feel about ourselves. And we begin to tell ourselves, do you know what? I'm a rubbish Christian. I'm not very good at this. And then we begin to feel bad. And therefore we then say, I can't even go to church because I'm so rubbish. I can't look at my Bible because I just don't feel good enough to do that. And that's what the devil wants from us. He doesn't want us to feel good. And therefore we drift further and further and further away. And it's this inner spiritual warfare. That's what Paul's talking about that we need to prepare for. And I can relate to that in my life. There's loads of times in my life where I felt like that. Loads of times. And I'm sure you can too. So Paul tells us, get ready. To get ourselves prepared, put on the armor of God. It's God's armor. Did you note that? It's not our armor. He says, put on the armor of God. It's his protection that he gives to us. So let's look at it. Verse 34, the belt of truth. I'm wearing a belt. Keeps everything in place. I'm quite, I bet you're quite glad I've got a belt on, otherwise things might be very different. But it keeps things in check, keeps things in place. The belt of truth. That's the most important thing about the Christian message, about the gospel, is it is true. The gospel truths. Hold on to the gospel truths. When you're going through tough times, hold on to what we read in Scripture the word of God, hold on to those truths that God gives us, those promises. Like I said at the start of the service, God promises to be with us where two or three are gathered. Hold on to those promises. Secondly, the breastplate of righteousness. And this is all about God, again. It's about being true and following God. Because only God can make us right in his sight. We can't do it ourselves. We can't make ourselves right in God's sight. We're all sinners. Only God can do that. And this points to Jesus, Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for each one of us. Through him and him alone are we made right in God's sight. So the breastplate is Jesus himself. It's Jesus himself who protects us from frontal attack. Thirdly, the gospel of peace. Verse 15, it's the sandals. It talks about the sandals which are to give us a good footing. And we're to go out and proclaim the gospel with a sure footing and to attempt to bring peace to those who we meet and amongst the nations. That's what we're asked to do as Christians. Yeah, the enemy might do all he can to knock us off that perch, but we've got to try to promote peace and justice. It's a bit like a pair of good walking boots. I'm sure you've all got a pair of good walking boots. And when you're out on the mountains, they give you a sure footing Unlike a pair of trainers where you might feel a bit flimsy or a bit slippy or your ankles might be dodgy. With a pair of good boots, it's different, isn't it? Sure footing to prevent you from slipping. It can also make you travel long distances. And as Christians, we are called to travel. We're on a journey where we share our faith with other people. When did you last share your faith with someone? It's a challenge, isn't it? Fourthly, the shield of faith. Verse 16, belief in Jesus. 
and loyalty to him. That's our protection from what Paul says are the flaming arrows of the evil one. And what are those arrows? Well, they they come in different guises and they would be things like self-doubt, despair, adverse circumstances, temptations, as I said, that might burn us up. They could also come in different forms. It could be greed. It could be personal tragedy or pride or arrogance. Fifthly, the helmet of salvation, verse 17. Knowing that we are already saved through Jesus Christ. That's so crucial. It's nothing we can do. We are saved through Jesus Christ alone. And we must make sure that we put on the helmet of salvation each day that we're saved by him. I'm a motorcyclist, as you know, in case you've not heard. I love riding my motorbike. But you know, in law, legally, there's no requirement to wear any safety gear apart from, what? A helmet. You have to wear a helmet. You don't have to wear anything else. I always do wear all the safety gear, but you have to wear a helmet. Put on the helmet of salvation, safe and saved through Jesus Christ alone. And this leaves one other thing. And it's the only thing that we hear in this passage, which is actually for stepping out and maybe attacking. The rest of it is defense. This is attack. And it talks about the sword of the Spirit, verse 17. The sword of the Spirit is the word of God. The word of the gospel through which God accomplishes his mission. But that means you and me doing our bit, speaking up, speaking out, showing other people what it is to love our neighbors as ourselves, to be that Christian influence, doing our bit. But you know, there's another piece of armor that is not uh, in that list, but Paul mentions it in this passage. And I think it's probably the most important one. Verse 18, pray in the spirit, says Paul. Prayer is our biggest armory and our biggest weapon. But like any weapon, it's got to be practiced. You can't just do it. You've got to use it and practice it. Otherwise, it becomes blunt and rusty. You've got to use it daily. Keep it sharp. How are you getting on in your prayer life? You don't have to be long-winded. It doesn't have to be big, fancy prayers. Simple one-line prayers. Sometimes just sitting in silence is prayer enough. How are you getting on with your prayer life? If you need help, then speak to me. Get in touch. So as a church, let's keep praying. Let's realize that yes, we are engaged in this spiritual battle. Each one of us in different ways. Let's put on the full armor of God. Sometimes I do that. Actually, I think I've shared in the past, sometimes I do that physically. When I feel under attack sometimes, and and as I said, we can all feel like that. I literally will pray through that list and I will pretend to fasten a belt around my waist. I will pretend to put on a breastplate. I will pretend to put on a helmet. Because in the very act of pretending, actually you feel like you're doing something. And God's at work through that. Maybe try that as well. And above all, let's continue to pray for one another, that we will continue to grow as a church and grow in our faith. So let's do that now. Let's pray together. And then I'm going to finish a prayer here and then Margaret's going to come and lead us in a short time of prayer. 
Lord, as we've just been looking at that passage, there's so much more for us to look at, but we don't have time. Lord, I just pray that something that I've said today would strike a chord with every person in this room. And if it's important, Lord, that it will go with them out of this place. And anything else that's not important, they'll forget. But Lord, I pray that we will put on the armor of God each day to protect us, that we might learn what it is to walk in faith, to grow in you, and above all, that we continue to pray. Amen.